Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to the Wang Bang Podcast for another Warrior Wang Bang Playoff Preview. Before we get the Genio James on to discuss the Warriors-Pelicans, I wanted to do just a quick recap of the Warriors, uh, Warriors-Spurs series. Overall, the series could be summarized by two things. The Warriors making one major lineup adjustment and then eventually winning on sheer talent alone. Now, the adjustment at the start of the series was to start Andre Iguodala over Quinn Cook, which, in hindsight, was a no-brainer. I mean, you start your most talented people, and in addition, you bring out two lockdown defenders at the 1-2 position to prevent any of their subpar guards from getting hot and scoring way beyond their averages. Um, this worked well for the majority of the series, uh, with a small hiccup in Game 4 where we let DeAndre Murray, Mondo Ginobili, and Patty Mills light us up. Otherwise, offensively, I can't say I was wildly impressed with anything we did. The turnovers were still an issue and cost us Game 4 and almost lost us Game 5. As expected, there was nobody who could keep up with chasing playoff screens, and there was nobody who had a chance playing face-up beyond Durant. I mean, Durant was pulling up and shooting over anyone they threw at him and was practically automatic from uh, from mid-range. Aside and athleticism-wise, I, I thought that Rudy Gay would have had a decent chance, but I would say he was probably the worst among all the defenders they threw at Durant. The dude just has no lift on his legs anymore to contest any of Durant's quick releases. Uh, so like I said, the series unfolded pretty much as James and I had predicted. One other thing to point out is that it didn't really feel like the Spurs team that we were used to, uh, aside from the passing of Greg Popovich's wife, which was incredibly sad. Uh, Park and Ginobili are basically washed up. Uh, Danny Green was ineffective. And uh, finally, the, the drama with Kawhi Leonard that has been constantly under scrutiny. I got to say, for how we are used to hearing what model players and teammates, the likes of David Robinson, Sean Elliott, and Tim Duncan have been for the Spurs' legacy over the years, it is shocking to hear the lack of commitment to the team that Kawhi has shown. Uh, I'm expecting him to be on another team come this offseason. Uh, by the way, here's a little trade idea that might work well for both teams. Kawhi and Patty Mills for Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala. I'll let you guys think over that one. And now, on to round two. It's a great time to have a ball. It's a great way to let it go. All right, so I got the Genio James on the line now here to talk the round two matchup between the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans came out of the first round probably with the most surprising result of the NBA uh, playoffs so far, sweeping the number three seed Portland Trailblazers. What did you see in that series, and how were they able to be so successful? Um, I mean, the main thing, the main thing that I think is that they were basically the game plan was to get Dame to give up the ball. So they were trapping him 30 feet away from the basket with uh, another one of the big men to get the ball out of his hands. And for a guy like Dame, you know, they rely on his pick and roll offense and that's how he initiates a lot of his offense. So if you take that away, he's really not going to be super effective. Like he's not great off the ball. I mean, he does not great size, so he can't really you know, back anyone down or kind of impose his will that way. So it becomes rather simple. And when the Blazers, they 
if they don't get anything from Dame, they're just not going to win any games. Like CJ, you know, he had a pretty solid series. He had a couple off games, but two good ones as well. But even that was not enough. Like just CJ being CJ is still not going to be enough to beat, you know, Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, who had spectacular series the two of them so yeah 88 points combined in that uh in that final closeout game and let's not forget playoff rondo who i I think was able to was back at peak celtics form just destroying people off the dribble drawing uh drawing double teams and making the right passes i mean he really exposed the the poor guard defense of uh of, of portland definitely just getting like you said getting into the lane um looking for open shooters uh, and uh, just like, yeah, just rebounding the heck out of the ball and pushing it. He's been good and just playing tough nose defense, like being smart in the passing lanes. Like, yeah, another guy also that I, a piece that I think is very underrated but fits in very well for the New Orleans Pelicans is Miritich, a stretch four who you know can space the floor, knock down the three. I mean, he is perfect for a series where you're going up against two guards that can't play defense because everything is just drive and kick, drive and kick, which, you know, it got him to, uh, got him 30 points in the game, which is, which is ridiculous, right? The Neeritich is scoring 30 points in a playoff game against the number three seed. Yeah. I mean, I, to be fair though, the, the three and eight seed are pretty close this year. So like, for me, it's always just, I feel like it's a lot of, it's basically, we, we had a bunch of like four or five series. So it's just a, a lot of potential for, you know, uh, yeah, upsets or, or just teams that are evenly matched. So like potential for upsets, you know, is, is obviously a lot less because, and that's weighed down because a three six normally it's like, oh, you might have like a seven or eight game difference in your win total, but there was only like two, two win difference <laughs> between the Pelicans and, and Blazers. So, I mean, they were, just on paper from a win perspective, it's like, I mean, these are like a standard four or five matchup, you know? So the fact that you have a team that ended up sweeping somebody, you know, is just crazy, but it just kind of exposed that Blazers entire office is built around Dame and the high pick and roll. So they just couldn't adjust. They just couldn't do it. Like they just, they don't have the right people to adjust. Like, you know, when you pass out of that, high pick and roll they don't have a Draymond green type player they don't have a kevin durant they don't have somebody that can play me yeah the release valve yeah the release valve was bad it was a menu and it was you know harkless like i mean these guys they they can't do anything other than stand there and and maybe shoot a three once in a while you know yeah which which surprised me because i thought nurkic was supposed to be that guy you know he, he was kind of the the poor man's jokic if you will, um, and he, you know, funny that he was playing behind him in Denver, but you know, I, I guess Nurkic wasn't quite the the same playmaker that uh, that I thought he was. I mean, he's very very talented, big man, uh, can, can pass in the post, but not 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 quite the release valve that, like you said, a Draymond Green or Kevin Durant would would have been. Um, that being said, let, let, let's talk the matchups of the the specific matchups of the Warriors and Pelicans. I mean, do you see Jeru Holiday and Rajon Rondo getting their way from the guard play from the guard position? So, so Holiday in against Blazers shot fifty seven percent from the field and thirty five percent on three on five attempts a game. Um, so that's you know 
the three-pointers is like, you know, Holiday's never been like a superb three-point shooter. Like he's always been kind of a mediocre one. Yeah. So like good enough. The fact that he kind of shot in that area is, is pretty decent, but it really is twos. Like he was getting to the basket and shooting little floaters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to be one of the things that we're going to have to look to contain is just dribble penetration. You know, he's a tough cover. So uh, I think Clay will probably start on him uh, just to kind of, Hope to slow him down, but we have bodies we can throw at holidays. So that's the difference between us and the Blazers. Yeah, is you already right away you can put a guy like Clay, and if you don't want, you can put Iggy on him. So just two guys that you can just already uh, try to slow him down with length, uh, with the foot speed, and just defensive pressure that those two guys bring. So even when the guys Sean can guard him, yep. you know, so we have so many bodies that we can throw at a guy like Drew Holiday. So. I just think like, you know, we faced so many dynamic guards before that Holiday is playing well, but he's nothing like a Kyrie from a scoring perspective. So I'm not like super worried about a Drew Holiday. Uh, I think his bigger impact is going to be defensively and how the Pelican is going to use him to try to guard, you know, multiple positions. And of course, AD is just going to be, there's no matchup for AD. Like there's just, nobody's going to be able to guard him. So yeah. we'll just have to either hard double or... Um, let him you know just 30. yeah let him let him get his 35 points and then just hopefully you don't give meritage open looks uh don't let rondo probe and roam you know just cut off the passing lanes you know hold the other guys like john clark etuan moore darius miller solomon hill like these guys don't do much but you really have to make sure they do nothing and as soon as they get to nothing then that's it they're all very good three-point shooters, by the way. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're all good three-point shooters. Yeah, Etuan Moore, Darius Miller, Ian Clark, uh, Miritich, like I talked about earlier, all yeah. all very very capable guys of yeah. hitting the three out of uh, out of the double teams, and w- and we know that AD is is a great passer. Uh, one one thing that um that I heard that I thought was interesting was. Uh, Gentry goes uh, basically three deep in his big man rotation. Miritich, uh, Anthony Davis, and then some some guy I've never heard of before. Uh, so, what, Chuck Diallo? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, Chuck um, Diallo, yeah. He yeah. barely plays, though. I mean, exactly. He, he plays yeah. like seven minutes a game. Like, yeah. he, you just can't play him because he's, he's not skilled enough. Like, right. he has good size and mobility for, like, somebody his size, but like offensively, he's just so limited. It's just hard to play him for an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like I know in the closeout game, I think Gentry didn't even play, uh, uh, Diello. He actually went yeah. with Solomon Hill, who I think has been injured for most of the season. Yeah. He's, just Hill, his way he, back. he's not that good either. Yeah. So. And he's not even a big man, really. He, he's no, he's like a, swing a man like a three, four. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully the Warriors got something that can, you know, wear down Anthony Davis. I, th- I think that's really the only chance that we have of uh, keeping Anthony Davis to 30 points a game and not, you know, dropping 40, 45 on us. Um, I agree well, with you. You also, you also have to think about, like, from the KD perspective as well, right? So, like, how they, they're not going to have any answer for KD as well. Right, right. Uh, definitely KD is, is looking to get his 30, 35 a game also. And, you know, Steph, Clay, uh, Draymond has the ability to score. I, I think, you know, Rondo and, and Drew Holiday are very, very capable defenders. But with the way we're able to screen, the way we play off the ball, it's a completely different offensive system than what the Portland Trailblazers were, were playing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's that that's the number one 
thing that people you can't really draw any parallels there because we just run a different scheme. Like they, they all they do is high pigmental. And we actually don't run that many until we are trying to get a mismatch. So for about three quarters of the game, and especially if we're winning, we just keep running motion stuff, which is completely different. Portland, all they do is having a huge difference. But, you know, they really have, I'm just looking at their roster, they just have nobody that can guard KD. Yeah. They just literally each one, have, each one have nobody. Like Solomon Hill, each one that's just, I don't know, like maybe, you know, Rondo a little bit. He's, he's got some length. So, but the problem is, yeah, it's just too short. Like, just have Katie set up in the high post, and then he just turns around and shoots over any any one of these guys. There's no good 15 to 18 feet, turn around to shoot. Like, yeah, yeah it it's just like, how do you automatic. guard Katie? Yeah, they, we, and we saw that. It, he was so automatic from mid-range in the Spurs series. Uh, one, one other thing um, that can add on to the don't let the bench guys or supporting cast score uh, score in waves, um, the back cuts are going to be a big deal, especially, you know, Rajon Rondo, very, very crafty cutter. Eon Clark, we know he, him and David West were one of the best uh, – you know, give and go uh, pairs that I, I've seen in a while. I, I think Ian Clark is a, is a guy that we're gonna have to keep an eye on, and he could really torture guys like Nick Young or Quinn Cook, which is which could swing a game. To be honest, you know, Ian Clark, couple back cuts, couple three pointers. I mean, he he could easily score seven nine points uh, in a in a two minute span. I think so. A guy that I I would say we we have to keep an eye on. I mean, we are going to shorten and have shortened our rotation as well. So we are actually, you know, I would be surprised given how Nick played in the first round that he's going to see significant minutes in the second round. I just don't see it. He's just been so bad. Like he can't make an open three. He's just getting lost on defense, getting beat. Like if he can't even make the open three, then he's, what are we playing him for? Like you can't even do that. Yeah. Like you need him at least hit it. But he, I think he made like one or two threes the entire series. Uh, and Quinn's minutes are just going to probably go away completely when Steph comes back. It's He's just going to end up being like the third string uh, backup at that point because you're going to have Sean playing the majority of the backup minutes and then Iggy playing a little bit of that as well. So from a backup point guard perspective, Quinn's, I mean, his minutes are going to be gone completely when Steph's back. So, I mean, that's going to be our goal for the next couple of games, I think, just – make sure the ship doesn't go off course for a couple of games. Like if you could come out after three games and you're up two one, you're in a good position. And then hopefully Steph is back for game four. That's the only thing that you're really kind of hoping for is you don't want to go down one, two, you know, try to dig out a hole with Steph. Like you want to make sure when he comes back that we're up two one. So it's like get the two at home and then obviously we like want to go up three zero, but if we lose one, it's you know in New Orleans it's not the end of the world. But I just want to make sure that we get the two at home. I, I don't want any kind of uh, feel of desperation that would make Steph rush back from his injury. Uh, that being said, Kerr has updated uh, the media and said that Curry is technically day to day at the moment, but I he's just I, saying that I, just to I don't fuck with uh, to, to fuck with uh, Alvin Gentry. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. Like, honestly, like he yeah. just got back into practice. Like he needs to get into game shape. He needs to get into, you know, get back into 
be integrating with the team is just like yeah it's well that being said uh, assuming Steph comes back game three game four what uh what do you see the series at yeah I mean if Steph comes back um I, I think we'll probably finish it in five games but if we you know play like we did in game five of the Spurs and uh start pissing away leads and start going to freaking KD ISO for nine minutes straight <laughs> then Fuck, dude, I don't know. There's probably a six, seven-game series if we're fucking boneheaded. We've already lost focus for that one game in, in San Antonio. And, and also oh, the end of the game. so but, angry. Yeah, so I, I think we, we've kind of given up that one game, and now we, we got our heads on straight, and, and Steph Curry coming back will be a, uh, a, a Rejuvenation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Warriors in five. I can't I can't imagine this series going very long. Um, they as dominant as they looked round one, they they're playing yeah. a completely different team in, in the Golden State yeah. Warriors. There's, there's, you're not gonna be able to dominate the Warriors like that. Like our defense is not gonna allow for that. Our defense has been good in the playoffs, and we're just not gonna allow for that. All right, James, it was good talk, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you when I'm back from Asia, and hopefully by then we'll be talking uh, our, our round three matchup. Go Warriors. Go Warriors. Take care, man. All right, bro.